Hello! It is the end of a busy week for me. Uh, not necessarily all work, but it has been Eurovision week this week, as I uh, told you the other day. Um, so another semi-final last night. I still am absolutely in love with the Germany song. I have yet to find anyone else who actually likes it. But... Um, We'll see. Uh, see how it does on the night, which is tomorrow night. I am very, very excited. Anyway, that is enough about Eurovision. I've got a busy day ahead of me first before we can get there, packing books to send out to lots of lovely people. And it is bundle week next week, so getting ready for that. So if you haven't yet signed up to the monthly subscriptions, now is a very good time to do it. And remember, use code WELCOME20 to get 20% off your first month. That is enough of all of that though because I've got another review for you today and it is The Echo Chamber by John Boyne. Find out what I think about it after this music. If we have spoken before about books then I have probably told you about uh, my love for John Boyne, specifically The Heart's Invisible Furies and A Ladder to the Sky. A Ladder to the Sky, I think, is a modern-day Mr Ripley. The guy in it is just... You love to hate him. I mean, you fall in love with him at first, and then it all goes downhill from there. So I'm always excited when there's a new John Boyne out. And the last one that he had out was A Traveller at the Gates of Wisdom, which I think I talked about on this uh, podcast last year when I first read it. It was a really... It was quite different to um, both A Ladder to the Sky and uh, Hearts and Visible Furies in that it started almost 2,000 years ago. And it tells this story, but it tells it by moving location and moving sets of characters and moving through time. So every chapter is in a different place, in a different time, with different people, but the story remains the same. I thought that was an extraordinary book, only let down by the ending. Uh, it became, in the last chapter, well, second to last chapter, a little bit of a rant about um, Donald Trump which just felt, was fine, but it felt almost pantomime-ish. It suddenly got quite bogged down in real-world details. Maybe because it's the time that I'm living in and I recognised it, I don't know. But the, uh, the rest kind of felt better. And then it had this weird chapter at the end with um, setting, setting the sort of future, which I didn't quite get. And I think that was probably me, and I need to go back and reread it. So I was looking forward to The Echo Chamber, which is John Boyne's new one. It comes out on the 5th of August, and I was lucky enough to get a proof copy of it. Uh, and, well, let me, let me read you the blurb. What a thing of wonder a mobile phone is. Six ounces of metal, glass and plastic fashioned into a sleek, shiny, precious object. A gateway to other worlds. Or a treacherous weapon in the hands of the unwary, the unwitting, the inept. The Cleverly family live a gilded life, little realising how precarious their privilege is, just one tweet away from disaster. 
George, the patriarch, is a stalwart of television interviewing, a national treasure. His words, his wife, Beverly, a celebrated novelist, although not as celebrated as she would like, and their children, Nelson, Elizabeth, Achilles. Various degrees of catastrophe waiting to happen. Together, they will go on a journey of discovery where carefully curated reputations can be destroyed in an instant. To err may be human, but to foul things up, you only need a phone. The front cover of this has a turtle with a, a phone strapped to its back, which is quite a striking cover. I quite like that. Uh, for those who haven't picked up on it, the wife's name is Beverly Cleverly. Uh, and it's worth just highlighting that because actually it sets the tone of the whole book. It is not a book that necessarily takes itself too seriously. It's not going to be the type of book that will move you to tears like The Heart's Invisible Furies or just get you inside the minds of the characters like a ladder to the sky. This is almost a farce, in fact. Uh, George Cleverly is kind of our main character. He is um, almost... I couldn't help but picture Alan Partridge. And everything he does is coming from good intentions, good places. He just gets it wrong. Um, He is... He's having an affair, actually. I mean, he, he thinks himself as quite woke. Uh, he you know he doesn't do this he doesn't do that, um, but his main issue is he hasn't he hasn't kept up to date he hasn't uh, learned what it is to live in the modern world he's taken with him this level of arrogance he's reached this uh, place of what well he calls it this place of being a national treasure and he thinks he has nothing more to learn and that the world has this is probably should just be listening to him and that he is right on everything. Uh, and like I said, he's having this affair and he knows it's the wrong thing to do, but it, it comes at a moment of weakness and he couldn't help himself. All those sort of things that men uh, use as excuses and reasons uh, to do that sort of thing. But interestingly, Beverly Cleverly, his wife, is also having an affair. She is uh, not feeling guilty about it in the slightest. She's having a romp with a uh, guy from Strictly Come Dancing, uh, the guy that she danced with, and he's younger than her, he's got this hard, muscled body, she absolutely, yeah, she's having a whale of a time with him. And then you've got the three children. Uh, Nelson, who is a very insular boy, I mean, say boy, he's a man, they're in all of the children. I mean, the youngest is... Achilles, and he is 16, then um, the oldest is Nelson, and he must be, I think, early 20s. And they are... They're all trying to find their way. And Nelson, perhaps, is the most innocent of them all, uh, in that he... He just seems ill-adapted to modern life. He is seeing a therapist, but he finds himself often wearing a uniform to... Uh, get through life because he feels that with this costume on I guess that he um, doesn't have to uh, worry about being himself then Elizabeth is sort of 
typical 18 year old girl she wants to be famous but she has no particular talent to do it and in this world that uh, we live in that John Boyd is holding a mirror up to uh, she is the typical I'm here for the likes kind of girl and uh, as soon as she doesn't get the likes she's worrying and then there's Achilles he's cocksure he's arrogant he's a bit like that character from uh, A Ladder to the Sky in that you're strangely attracted to him but you know he's an arsehole and he, um, but he's 16, you know, he's going to learn that things don't go his way all the time. He's spoiled, I guess, is the right thing to do, the right thing to say. And he's out trying to trick people into giving him money, conning them, blackmailing them. Uh, because he's not going to rely on his parents' wealth his whole life. He, he's very sure of that. He's going to make his own way. Uh, but for him, his own way is criminal. So this is our setup. This is our family. And what's interesting is that it's set over the course of a week and they are living their lives, trying to get around, navigate things that are going wrong and slowly snowballing. But in between these days, we get glimpses into the family's past. And in those glimpses they seem normal. They seem like they're just a normal family. Uh, you know, the birth of Achilles, the birth of Elizabeth. Um, so, for instance, they're on a holiday and um, the day that Beverly tells George that she's pregnant and it's it's all quite normal and it, it endears you to them. And then each of those bits ends up with somebody like Jack Dorsey setting up his Twitter account, Mark Zuckerberg creating Facebook. All of those significant days in their lives are set on the same day that something happens in social media. There's an elephant in the room here. We need to talk about John Boyne's own experience on social media. He wrote a book a couple of years ago called My Brother's Name is Jessica. It was about a young boy whose uh, sibling was born male and um, transitioned to female, Jessica. And it was all about... I, I mean, I haven't read it, so I can't really give you too much detail. But it, from what I remember, it was about that boy trying to adapt to his new sister and her life. There was a lot of upset about it from just the title alone being insensitive and it sparked a wider conversation that is still going on um, about who can write which stories. I'm not going to get involved in that conversation but John ended up with quite a lot of abuse at him on Twitter um, and was essentially cancelled. He's come back a few times. He's he's one of those people who's left Twitter a couple of times and come back. And I think if that's what you need to do for your own mental health, then absolutely that's what you need to do. This book is... I can't decide. I couldn't decide what was happening with this book. Uh, I couldn't decide if um, John wanted us to side with the Cleverleys or not. Because... 
George is incredibly ignorant, but it all came from a good place. But he was he just refuses to learn. He refuses to listen. And you can't justify him making the same mistakes over and over again. I mean, he refers to, after one particular disaster, he then ends up referring to cripples in a tweet. And you, he doesn't see anything wrong with that, because in his generation, when he was growing up, you were allowed to say it. And I think that's the thing, is he was allowed to say it, but it was always offensive. And he hasn't quite understood that. But they are also getting a lot of overreaction, uh, you know, death threats. And it all starts when he um, he sends a tweet about uh, Nadia, his, uh, the, sec- the receptionist at uh, the law firm that he goes to. And she has been, she's transitioning and he doesn't recognise her as this person that he's always known. And it's a bit of an awkward conversation until he works it out, until, until it's clear what's going on. And so he then sends a tweet saying, uh, you know, I want to congratulate Aidan on his transition, blah, blah, blah. And he dead names him and he refers to him with, uh, dead names her and he refers to her with the wrong pronouns, just like I did. And, um, but he doesn't see anything wrong with that. Um, and so that's kind of where it all starts. And then he just compounds it and compounds it with mistakes. He, he doubles down, essentially. And, uh, yeah, it's it's really tricky subject matter to approach because I feel like at some points John Boyne is poking fun at um, the people who are uh, essentially woke um, who, who describe themselves as woke he's, he's poking fun at them through the eyes of George Cleverly but he's also poking fun at George Cleverly he's, he's basically revealing through this book that everyone is awful Everybody is an awful person. We might be woke on one particular subject. We might be really liberal about this. But then we will completely overreact to something else. And yeah, do you know what? It's fine. You be liberal and you absolutely defend uh, a trans person, uh, disabled people, uh, people who are gay and lesbian, uh, you know, absolutely defend their right to live and their right to free speech. But then some of these people turn around and issue death threats, which is also not acceptable. It doesn't matter who that person is or what they have done and what what they have done to offend. A death threat is also never acceptable. So it's kind of like everybody's awful and social media is just allowing us to see that and allowing us to amplify it. And it brings out all the awfulness in us. The blurb uh, ends with, to air may be human, but to foul things up, you only need a phone. Which is an interesting one. Because it's a bit like blaming somebody else for what you think. If I was to tell you something awful... Um, and I'm going to pick on gays because I am gay so I can say it without anybody misconstruing it but if I was to say all gays should be stoned to death and I told you that in confidence and then you told everybody else and I got attacked for it I can't blame you for that that's my fault that's me that's in the wrong 
Um, and blaming phones for amplifying, for putting, for letting us see how awful we all are, is is wrong in my opinion. I think what it highlights more than anything is that we all need a little bit more training on how to be online. And do you know what? Don't get into fights that don't concern you. And if you think something, you don't necessarily need to say it. I'm very well aware uh, of somebody who's put themselves onto a podcast that uh, I may not always um, adhere to those rules. But I try only to say positive things. You know this, I don't talk about books I don't like. Don't talk about anything I don't like. I talk about things I do like. I give oxygen to those I do like. If you are saying something that I don't like, I'm probably not going to call you out on it. I might do, sometimes I do. But I'm also not going to amplify your voice for you. I'm going to find somebody who thinks the opposite way and I'm going to amplify their voice. Because that's who I agree with. Um... It's the echo chamber. It's it's one of those ones that is going to really make you think and you're going to struggle to work out whose side you're on. But it's also really, really funny. It is quite laugh out loud. And in opposite to Traveller at the Gates of Wisdom, I think the ending of this book may be the best bit. Um, I'm, I'm not going to reveal too much, but the way the family interact at the end kind of makes you, gives you a little bit of hope. Uh, And I'm going to leave it there. It's The Echo Chamber by John Boyd. That was The Echo Chamber by John Boyd. It is not out yet. It's available to pre-order. It's going to come out on the 5th of August this year in hardback. But like I say, you can pre-order it now by heading to burtsbooks.co.uk. I will be back next week with some more uh, book reviews for you. And in the meantime, though, I would love to hear from you. Do get in touch and tell me what you're reading. And uh, if you are able to, there should be somewhere a little button that will allow you to record an audio message to me. So if you want to tell me about the book that you have been reading, then do let me know and I will include it in the next podcast. You can email me Bert, at burtsbooks.co.uk or find me on Twitter at burtsbooks. I am going to go and get ready for Eurovision. Uh, but in the meantime, you should keep reading. <laughs>